Hello and welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. This is where we talk about money, investing and all things personal finance. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe, and it's my mission to help you make the best financial decisions because money is a tool, life is for living. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. So uh, over the last three weeks or so, four weeks, we've been covering a lot on the markets, the economy, interest rate rises. And I've had a ton of questions from people about, you know, is the property market going to crash? And what does this mean for property? And obviously, with mortgage rates increasing, there is that tangible financial connection to it. But what happens if you're already in the property market from an investor's point of view? Now, th that isn't really my forte. It's not my bag. It's not what I do. However, I do have someone who does know a lot about property, who has managed to build a phenomenal property portfolio, has just finished a, a commercial property project as well. So um, she is more than qualified to speak on this. And I think we're going to have a lot of uh, nuggets, tips, things that you can take away to kind of help you make sense of what's going on right now in this episode. But I have the pleasure, I think for the second time, introducing Stephanie Taylor onto the show. Welcome. Hi, Peter. It's great to be joining you. So how are things going? Because I know that obviously you've got a property portfolio at the moment. Actually, let's start off with the introduction. Who are you? What do you actually do before we get into where you are right now? Yeah, I'm Stephanie Taylor. And I believe in ethical property investment for non-traditional investors. That means for people who've always thought to themselves, I want to get started in property. I watched Property Ladder. I watched Homes Under the Hammer, but I never thought I could get started. What I like to do is rip up the old school property rule book um, and mean that it's open for anyone who wants to, to get started in property. And like you always say on the show, um, Whatever the situation, whatever the circumstances, there are always opportunities. And right now, there are opportunities to get started in property. So my story is that in 2016, I was working in a bank and I found out about the strategies which I will probably possibly touch on today for getting started in property without buying it and came up with an ethical system to do that and we also teach it to people. Essentially it's property management but it's not like a normal letting agent where you make about 10%. For each property that you manage you make anywhere between 500 and over a thousand pounds every month for each one so you only need a few but you can do an exceptional job. So that is called rent to rent so our rent to rent business is called HMO Heaven and then that's an, an award-winning property management business so that was our step one we got into property management rent to rent and then that went so well that people were always asking us about it and we started teaching other people how they could also get into property management even though they never thought that they could how you can make money from properties you don't own in an ethical way and that's called rent to rent success and I'll talk to you more about that um, in a while but what we also did once we started in in uh, rent to rent ourselves start making money from property we also got the experience and the finances to be able to 
buy our own properties. And that's what you talked about earlier and build up our own property portfolio. Now our property portfolio is made up of blocks of flats between four and 12 units. And what we're now looking to do is go into um, go into bigger developments because as you as you would probably guess, Peter, it's the same to develop a commercial property into four flats, same energy, time, mm-hmm. financing, stress, to do it for four units as it is to do it for 20. Mm-hmm. And so far, 12 is the biggest number that we've done in one go. And so what we're what we're going to do is move on to now bigger deals. So that's where we are with our own multi-million pound property portfolio and with the property businesses and training that we run. And so that probably leads to the next question. How are you finding things at the moment with so much chaos with you know interest rates and a lot of the uncertainty that we're experiencing in the markets right now? Yeah. Well, I'm going to talk about it in two sections. So first of all, for the properties that we own, property is an incredible um, it's a, it's an incredible asset class. So if I just give you an example to give it some context. Now, I know that people live uh, all in different areas of the country and the property is differently priced, but I promise you that there are investors who are just starting out who are buying properties in London, uh, because I know Londoners often say that to me because <laughs> I'm talking about property in Wales. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the principles are the same. In London, obviously, you get so much more um, potential for growth. Um, But anyway, so we bought this 12 flat property in Wales in 2019 for £335,000. And it's now valued at £660,000. So the the reason for that high increase in the valuation of over £300,000 is because of the type of property it is, and because of the works that we've done to it. So we had to spend about £150,000 on the property. Um, so the the increase is still large, considering it's just a few years. Mm-hmm. Okay. But so that's what you get in property. It's, it's, a, it's a long-term thing. So when the interest rate goes up a few percent, we're still making money. And we still own that asset. And because we chose to buy that asset, normally you leverage, which is a term that I hear you use a lot on the show, which is that you use borrowing and to to buy assets so you don't need to pay all the money up front. So we are leveraged in that we have a commercial mortgage for the property, but we cho- we chose a repayment mortgage. So what that in means is- In opposed to interest that- only. Yes, as opposed mm-hmm. to interest only. Mm-hmm. So just to quickly tell you the difference in case you're listening and new to this, uh, a repayment mortgage, at the end of the mortgage, you've fully paid off your mortgage to the bank and you don't owe the bank anything. An interest only mortgage means you're only paying the interest over the term of the mortgage, say 25, 30 years. And at the end of it, you still owe the bank the cost of the property. So as older investors, what we choose to do is have a mix of repayment and interest only mortgages in our portfolio. And uh, I've got onto a diversion. But the point I was making is when the interest rates go up, yes, that's an additional cost for us. But we still own that asset, which is worth way more than what we originally paid for it and what our mortgage is at. And also, when we bought the property, the rental income every year was £44,000. 
and now it's over £60,000 a year. Okay. So we are still able, well, to pay our mortgage and own that asset and have it go up in value. And yes, interest rates may go up, likely to go up now, have gone up, um, but they will also come back down. And during it, we will still make money. And I think that's the important thing for people listening to know is that, yes, you can buy a property, you can invest in an asset. And as long as you are planning to hold that asset long term, in the UK anyway, it will go up in value. Yeah. So for you then, are there, because you mentioned that you've got some on full repayment, some on interest only. And I think people will approach it differently because obviously with an interest only, whilst you're not paying the capital amount, the cost of the property, Mm -hmm. your your profit, your yield is a lot higher. So how do you distinguish when you go for a full repayment versus an interest only, are there a certain set of criteria? Are you just looking at based on the property and location and, and rental yield? Yeah, I think we just like to have a mix. I think each investor, something else you talk about on your podcast is risk, uh, your appetite for risk. So I think we are middle, medium, medium appetite for risk. So how do we decide it? What we what we do is we just like to keep a variety. So why when we choose a repayment mortgage it means we make less money now but we have more security later um and when we choose an interest only mortgage we have more money now to invest in something else so it means we can grow faster but we're happy with our level of growth we want to get up to uh, our initial aim is 100 units and then set up a trust put the, put those accommodations into trust so that after we've gone, they can still be used to house the type of people who we want to house and the people we want to help and support. So to answer your question, our strategy is really just to keep it a mix. So at the moment, we are, have a 50-50 balance between the ones who are, which are the properties which are interest only and the properties which are repayment. So that's how we do it because we feel more secure in that way. So it's, it's very much strategic then, isn't it, really? Because I think as you just described there, it's really important. You know, you're hedging and securing future values by going for repayment on some of them. But in the short term, in order for you to, for cash flow, I suppose, yeah, be able to put money into further property so you can actually grow it. So yeah. it's a very strategic and thought through approach then. And we still cash flow on the properties where we've got a repayment mortgage. We've, we haven't got any properties where we're losing money. Um, it's very difficult to lose money at the moment as well because rental demand is so strong. Every different uh, economic climate has its pros and cons. But at the moment, rental demand is so strong. You put a property online, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And rent, rents are actually going up. And in a recession, one of the things that happens is more people rent. The demand is increased for all different types of properties because the properties that we manage mainly are shares hmos houses of multiple occupation and there again the demand has gone that's so strong we've never seen it so strong i mean it was it's it's always been good apart from in the height of coronavirus mm-hmm. but now it's really um gone through the roof so again as well the other thing about the other opportunity for now for people buying property is that fewer fewer people are buying yeah that's true and for people who are planning to buy within the next few months, you know, early next year, spring and so on, what the prediction is, is that as people come off their fixed rate terms, um, they could be getting into difficulties, more properties will be coming mm-hmm. onto the market. It's it's always a sad for some people 
and an opportunity for, for other people. Yeah. And I think it's when people are informing themselves by listening to podcasts like this one, they're able to be on the side of the people who are informed because you know, six, seven years ago, I was on the uninformed side. Mm -hmm. And now coming into the property, starting the business, buying the assets, and learning about how to make, you know, how to make my money work for me, how to make the assets work for me instead of me having to work for the money. It's just been life changing. And that's why I get so excited to share this with other people who may have come from a similar background to me. Um, you know, I was a single mom on benefits. Um, I had very low self-esteem and uh, it took me a long time to build up even to having a standard, you know, professional role, um, you know, decently paid, you know, that was decades. And so now to turn this around and go from, you know, a normal person working and having maybe a little bit of savings to actually having multiple six-figure businesses plus the property portfolio and actual assets. And if you remember, Pete, you helped me get started with the stock market investing. Yeah. yeah. I booked one of your one-to-one -one calls because yeah. I, I actually listened to your podcast for a long time. And um, I was surprised at one time to learn that you had a course. Well, you <laughs> yeah. did one-to-one -one calls. I know you do say at the end of every podcast now, yeah. you have you had you had a course and you had one-to-one -one calls. And one weekend, I, I realized this and I, I did your course on the stock market, uh, stock market investing, because although I, I knew about property investing at that time, I didn't know about the stock market and I wondered how people did it. Yeah. But that has been phenomenal because now I've got um, a five-figure and growing, um, you know, investment in the in the stock market as well, and it was so easy to do with your help. Yeah, so there's a lot of doom and gloom, and I think we've already kind of touched on this and the fact that there are too many of fixed rate mortgages that are going to be coming off their fixed rates next year. And with energy prices increasing, fuel prices increasing, and all this turmoil that we're in at the moment, there is a big fear that there are going to be a massive increase in defaults and therefore properties you've already mentioned coming onto, onto the market. And people are using that as the catalyst for a further property slide in terms of values really crashing. What's your general view on that? You've already talked about the fact that, you know, you can be on the side of informed people. So I guess it's an opportunity if you're holding cash and you're in this looking to acquire some properties. But do you think it could be a significant slide, a significant crash, or do you think it will just kind of be kind of medium-ish? It's difficult to know. And I think perhaps it could be more significant in areas like London, where they've obviously got much higher prices, seen much stronger growth in, in past years. Whereas areas um, like the North and Wales, where we are, have, have seen much, much slower growth. Mm -hmm. And I think that the, the, the slowdown will be much smaller in areas like, like ours. In fact, it could even still be growing because... Um, Possibly fewer fewer properties will be coming onto the market. Fewer fewer people will be in a position to buy properties. Lending um, might be tighter. It often is tighter in times like this. So, I think it's it's an opportunity for people who have who are able to buy to be able to buy at lower prices, likely. And often people say, "Well, when should I buy? Should I wait for the bottom of the market?" And it's a bit like the stock market. Nobody exactly knows when the bottom of the market's going to yeah. be. Yeah. I think you buy when it is a good 
price, when it works, when you do your deal analysis and you've got your spreadsheet, you work out, I'm going to invest this much in this property. This is what the rental income's going to be. You put some stress testing in in case the mortgage and your costs go up and you say, yeah, this is a good buy. And if it's a good buy and you're going to hold it for 10 years or 20 years or whatever, then I say go ahead because it's great. You need to build up your asset portfolio. You have to do it at some point in time and none of us know what the future is going to hold for us. So I absolutely would buy now or in the next few months because I think there's so much opportunity um, in doing that. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that you just said that because that's something that I've said on the podcast previously when people have asked me the question, should I wait or should I buy? And I'm just like, it really depends. I mean, especially if you're going to live in the house, you're not, you're buying a house that is going to be your, your home. You're buying that peace of mind that, you know, you're not paying somebody else's mortgage per se. And one thing that I have seen and is going on at the moment is as interest rates are going up, we're seeing the rents are also going up as well um, as the converse effect of that equation. And I think fundamentally, we're always going to have the supply versus demand issue. There are way too many people trying to get on the property ladder versus the supply of homes that are available. So that's always going to outweigh things uh, to a certain extent. But would you say that there are any kind of like tips that you would give to people who are maybe just looking at the property market and wanting to dip their toe into the water, but thinking, "Mm, I don't know, I don't know. If they're wanting to buy their own home. Yeah. I would say look at your finances, talk to a mortgage broker, look at how that's going to work for you compared with renting. For most people, it's going to work well. Stress test it and say, right, right, if the mortgage um, percentage goes up, if the mortgage rate goes up a few percent, is that still affordable for me? And if the answers to those questions are yes, absolutely go ahead. Sometimes you have to make a decision. The people buying now are probably going to be buying when prices are going down. Um, I recently bought a home to live in at the time when things were at the peak and everyone was buying. I think now fewer people are going to buy. I wanted to do that because I wanted that particular property. I mm-hmm. didn't want to wait any further. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do it. So that was my choice. But now things are coming down, and I think now would be a great time to buy. Once you've bought your property, you don't have to worry about property prices. Yeah, true. <laughs> you know that 20 yeah. years' time, 30 years' time, your property value is going to be way beyond what it is now. So you don't need to worry about the oh, £10,000 or £20,000. It's going to seem super super small to to what it will be so i think it's just maintaining what do i really want and maintaining that long-term focus one of the sayings that i absolutely love is the future's happening anyway you're going to arrive with yourself in five years time and what are you going to have there? So if you think of the future, your future as your property, this is something that Dan Sullivan says, your future is your property. And on the land of your life in five years time, you can start building now. You can start saying, yeah, I'm going to buy my property. I'm going to start looking. Even if you're looking, nobody's forcing you to buy anything. I'm going to start talking to a broker. I'm going to start preparing my credit or improving my credit if that's an issue for you. I'm going to start because then within the next one to two years, within the next five years, I'm going to buy my property. So you have to make that commitment to yourself and trust yourself to be informed, yes, absolutely, and make the right decision because there will always be a reason not to do something. 
Um, but there also is always a reason yeah. to... One hundred, And I will echo that 100% because it is absolutely right. And you've mentioned something that I think is very, very important, which I think in a low interest rate environment, many people have missed. And you talked about stress test testing. So, so important. Because I think with everything that's happening, and when you stress test, obviously you're you're thinking worst case scenario. You're planning for the worst case scenario that could possibly happen. Many people automatically assume, oh, that's never going to happen, but it feels like we're, we're walking into one of those next year. And the importance of stress testing is, you know, and I say this all the time to people, don't overextend yourself. Do not overextend yourself because if interest rates move or other things conspire against you, the question is, can you still afford it without having to go out and get a second, third, fourth job or or put in other, other strains on yourself? And I think that that as a lesson is going to come home in the next Absolutely. year. Don't try and buy a mansion on a flat budget. If you've got a flat salary, <laughs> yeah. don't try and buy a mansion. Buy a lovely flat and just enjoy living there without the stress. You can always upgrade to a mansion later on. And um, just while we're talking about buying properties, Pisa, a lot of people won't be there right now. And for some people, starting off uh, like we did with renting properties and making money from rental properties can work for people. And it's a strategy I hadn't really heard of, didn't know. A lot of people think it's illegal or it's subletting. It is a form of subletting, but it is it, it is legal. And I'll just briefly explain what it is. Um, it's called rent to rent is the shorthand insider term in property. And it's where you rent a property. What we do is we do it with house shares. So you rent a property that's already a house share like um, like a student let, but for professionals where people are sharing kitchens and bathrooms and having their own bedroom. And then we, we rent it out again to tenants. We give the owner a guaranteed rent, we pay the utility bills, and we make a profit of anywhere between 500 and over £1,000 every month for each one that we manage. And we show other people how to do this. And exactly what we're saying for buying, you don't need a lot of money to start. And there are pros and cons right now. So the pros are rental demand is so strong. Landlords and agents are more up for it right now. It's easier for people to get properties. The cons are utilities are higher you were mm -hmm. saying on your podcast that it's expected or anticipated or uh, I'm, well it may not happen but they're talking about 74 percent at april. april but yeah. likely that a new scheme will come in to help people out however um this is still a very profitable way of getting started in property. And what we've done is we've adapted our contracts. You have to have the right tools in your toolbox. We've adapted our contracts to cap the utilities that we pay, just as the government has done, okay. uh, so that the owners would um, be required to contribute to the utilities if they went over a certain amount. So it still means that we're protected in our business. Our business still works for us. The properties still work for us. We're still providing a service that both the property owners want and that the uh, housemates want. So if you're listening thinking, oh, I can't buy a property, it's no point in me even listening to this. Also think about renting a property and making money from, from rental properties. It's really interesting you you talked about the cap then. Talk talk me through that. So is that something you did on once you started to identify that the price cap was increasing yes. or okay, nice. And how did how did the how did the landlord take it? 
I mean, were they open yeah. to that conversation or? Yeah, they are very much so because the reason is that we do a lot of things that standard letting agents don't do. So a lot of landlords are with a letting agent and they pay £50 for a a light bulb to be changed because somebody's stolen the hallway light bulbs and mm-hmm. the tenants now complained and an electrician has gone there. And because an electrician has gone there, it's cost 50 quid. Um, so, and so what we do is we manage everything as though we are the landlord. So very rarely do we need to call upon the landlord. So that is the service that they get from us. And because we're paying guaranteed rent, it's in our interest to keep the rooms full. A standard typical letting agent, they're getting paid 10% plus VAT or whatever. It's not always in their interest. They're not always as hot on it to keep those HMO rooms full where their share of it is quite small. So often landlords can suffer um, the rooms not being careful, being contacted all the time, having high levels of maintenance, getting surcharges on the maintenance. So when we, so the actual net rent that they're getting after all these costs of working with the agent and the other costs associated, the net rent they're getting is often quite low when we meet landlords who are being managed by high street letting agents. You've got to remember as well that the staff often at the high street letting agents are very young people who haven't got experience managing people haven't got the experience managing property and managing HMOs is a bit different so when we come in and manage everything and say look we're going to pay you guaranteed this amount doesn't matter if there's nobody in the property this is what we're going to pay you now uh, that's very attractive and also we're also going to pay the bills um, that's what we were saying before we're going to pay the bills full stop but now we're saying we're going to pay the bills up to a certain amount um, and they, they're happy with that because I think most of us who are in business, we'll see what happens, but we're not anticipating that the government is going to allow 74% increase in utility bills without doing anything to assist people. Um, But we will see next year because nobody likes to predict the future. But (laughs) I think think landlords feel that it's very, rather than them taking 100% of the hit, um, they're taking some of it. Yeah. And is there any kind of like tips from you for property investors, given what potentially is coming down the track next year, although it is uncertain, but there is speculation that property yeah. prices might crash? You've already, oh, oh, I thought you were going to ask me about utility bills going up, but because property prices might might crash, get ready to buy, but make sure that your financing is is in place. You don't want to be over leveraged at this time. Mm-hmm. Buying over leveraged, so your loan to value. You don't want the property you the the amount you owe against the property to be too high. You don't want it to be over seventy five percent certainly. And the lower it is, the better. So now is a time to look at your look at your financing across your portfolio and make sure you're not at risk if if values do drop, which say. If they drop by ten percent, twenty percent, that that you would still be okay because yeah. your selling costs would still cover the mortgage. Lenders tend to get nervous when the cost, when the value of your property, it, when the mortgage that you owe them is higher than the, the value of the property. Yeah, yeah. And for those people with utility bills going up. Yeah. So again, you've got to manage your utilities. Uh, It mainly affects the HMO landlords. So one thing we've always said from the beginning is Inspire or another um, heat management system. So what that does is when people are living in a house share and they're not paying the bills, often they just want to 
put the heat Whack on. Whack it all on. <laughs> yeah. I just leave it on. Yeah. Um, this can be in summer, they're drying their socks or whatever. You go around everyone's in a bikini, <laughs> all the windows are open, it's like a sauna. Yeah. Um, obviously in winter, they want to do that as well, say they're working at home or whatever. So what Inspire does is it allows people to put the heating on any time, but it then goes off after a set number of hours and it goes back to the normal timing settings. So what that does is it means the people there are happy, but also the, the, the heating's not on 24-7. So that's the first thing that they inspire. We also have where we're managing the properties, we also have the new contracts where what we're saying there is that there's a cap on the amount of utilities that we'll pay. We also have a cap in the contracts that we have with our housemates, but we don't enforce that unless people are doing something out of the ordinary. So we just allow them to use the utilities, but having the Inspire really helps to keep those costs down. So I think how I would summarize this, uh, Pete, is that if people inform themselves, decide what they want to do, and then do it, because there are opportunities right now for you to get exactly what you want, whether that is buying your own property, whether it's buying an investment property, whether it's getting started in property through rent to rent and renting properties and making money from them. The times when most people are not doing something are the times when there's more opportunity for the bold person to change their life, basically, yeah. Yeah. up level their game. Yeah. And you have Rent to Rent Success, which is a book as well, which is done very, very well, um, very, very well renowned. Um, how do people get hold of that? Yes, we do. We do have the book. I don't know if we're on video as well, but um, what what people can do, I did last time, uh, Pete, and it's still up, is I've got a special link where we've got two things. I'll talk about the book first. It's the number one book on rent to rent, which is this uh, niche strategy on Amazon. It's usually in the top 10 in UK books on property in Amazon, right up there next to all the big names of all the big property companies. Um, and it's got over 200 five star reviews on Amazon, which is very unusual for um, a book of this type published by people who are not famous. So uh, it's a fantastic book if people want to know how to get started in property without buying it the ethical way. We're very um, clear on that, that the way we're doing it, everybody wins. And you can get that free at renttorentsuccess.com slash combook, which is, stands for Conversations of Money Book. And I'll give you the link so you'll be able to put it underneath. So you'll be able to get the book there. And the other, the other thing we have, if, if you're more visual, you might like the Rent to Rent Success Masterclass, which is really a video that gives you the behind the scenes. How does all this rent to rent work? How can you make money from other people's properties? How have other people made money from other people's properties and some of our students and ourselves? And that's all in the Rent to Rent Success a masterclass, which is 90 minutes, which is so helpful. And at the end, there is more information about mentorship. And that is at renttorentsuccess.com slash com, C-O-M for conversations of money. Um, and again, I'll give you the, um, I'll give you the link, Pete, for that. Yeah, cool. And how do people find you, Stephanie, on, uh, on socials? Yeah, we've got, um, we've got our website at renttorentsuccess.com where everything's there. We're on Instagram. I'm new on TikTok. I know you're on there as well, Pete. <laughs> uh, so I'm trying. I'm at, I'm at rent to rent 
Rent to Rent Success on TikTok, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and we are Stephanie T Property on Instagram. Excellent, excellent. So, guys, you've heard it there. I hope you found some value in this, um, particularly from an, an investor's point of view when it comes to property. But I think even if you're looking to buy a house for yourself, residential, there are some really important nuggets in there. All the links that Stephanie's mentioned, I'll put in the show notes. So, by all means, go and check those out. If you do have questions, you can reach out to me. You can reach out to Stephanie on socials. Um, but, guys, I appreciate you. This has been a different episode because I'm very, very aware. I mean, we should have a new prime minister by the time this actually comes out um or maybe we're heading towards a general election i have no idea but either way this should be really uh useful in terms of helping you take the next best step forward so i appreciate you for joining i will catch you next monday Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to check out other episodes and share with the people closest to you. New to investing? Check out Peter's course for first-time investors designed to give you the foundation you need. If you prefer one-on-one coaching, book a complimentary discovery with the man himself. All links in the show notes.